Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Welcome to Health I Sexted My Boss, the podcast where we help you navigate the challenges of modern life, answering your 21st century questions and finding solutions to everyday dilemmas. But today, we're going to start the episode with a toast, William. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. The Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. Is that his official title then? It's not His Royal Highness, the Duke of Edinburgh? Yes, yeah, so, well, you know, you... It, it, Yes, that is also correct, but for for toasting purposes, it's the Prince Philip Duke of Edinburgh. In fact, that's that's what how he was written um, in the official announcement that went out last week. And a few people said, "Oh, they put on the radio. They're saying the Prince Philip Duke of Edinburgh. That's wrong." It's well, I know it sounds wrong with the. It's the the that makes it sound wrong, but actually, that is correct. So, what's His Royal Highness the Duke of Edinburgh? It's quite hard to get your head around. Well, no, it, it, no, the same person, um, not two two different people. Um, but it's just you use different styles accordingly. Right, okay. Yeah. You know, but it's a bit like sometimes you're Jordan North and other times you're Rachel. You know, it's, ultimately <laughs> it's the same person. It's just the style changes. So on Friday, the Duke of Edinburgh has sadly passed away. We are officially in mourning as a nation until Sunday, the day after his funeral, aren't we? Uh, which we'll talk about more. But first of all, how did you react to the news on Friday morning? Because you, like, you make it no secret on this podcast. You're, you're a big royalist. You're a, a big fan of the royal family. Yes. Um, well, obviously, very, very sad. Um, and I think, let's be honest, there, there have been several points over the last couple of years where we thought it was going to happen. Uh, and we might have had a, an hour or two sort of potential build-up to it, but it then never happened. Um, and with this one, there wasn't any. It, it did happen very, very suddenly, or the news was um, released very suddenly, and it completely caught us off guard. I mean, I found out about it as on Instagram at one minute past 12 when the Royal Family put out the the social media posts and the, and the website changed to the, the black sort of holding page. Um, and it was, it was weird because actually traditional media were about five, ten minutes behind. Um, so from a protocol point of view it was fascinating because all the ways that we were told it was going to be done it didn't happen and, and obviously that's reflect you know protocol changes to reflect the times that we're in um so it it, it yeah it, it distracted me really and, and let's be honest you you and I and Ben we were going to record Friday afternoon as, as we normally do but we we felt we shouldn't so we've we've postponed this a bit um which I'm you know I'm, was the right thing to do and and Again, to, in the interest of honesty to the G&D, the three of us have had conversations about what's right, 
what's not right do we do this do we do that um and and we you know we we hope we strike a balance yeah so first question really is we're in mourning now and let's be honest quite a number of people think it's a bit much um you know it's on the television it was mainly on friday it's all on the radio why is it important that we see and hear these obituaries and and why is it important that we mourn as a nation do you think well yeah and i i appreciate that not everyone is is a royalist and even if you are uh, a royalist, you might not be a royalist to the extent where you feel eight days of national mourning is is appropriate. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the Duke of Edinburgh provided a service only rivaled by one person, and that that's obviously the Queen. And it is the least we can do to commemorate that. And and you know, he worked all the way up until he was ninety six, which no, nobody does that. Um, apart from uh, Her Majesty, she's she's ninety five in next week, I think, um, or the week after. So it's only right that that we should mark it in some way. And you know, National Morning, what is National Morning? You know, life is carrying on as normal. There are only a couple of things that are that are changing. And whether you like it or not, he was the consort of the head of state. Yeah, it was a bit weird for me because on Friday. I was on air. I was doing my radio show. Mm. So how was it for you? Yeah, uh, it like we do practice this. We have got procedures in place. So fair play to my production team who were just spot on. Um, it was actually my new producer's first show, but because we're all trained on it and we knew what we we're doing, she just said, "Don't panic." Um, Prince Philip's died. Um, we've got to carry on as normal up until it's announced. We aren't allowed to give anything away. Uh, we kind of toned down a bit on the show. We, we swapped some of the music down and then halfway through a track, uh, the show was interrupted and we we go into Radio 4. They announced the death, which I think was about seven minutes past 10. It might have been about 10, 10 uh, seven minutes past 12, 10 past 12. And then basically it's just obituary programming for the next three hours and then we, we go from there so across the weekend we were still playing slower music and things like that but it, it was pretty fine it was it was as a radio and tv geek it was fascinating to see and hear how how it was done and it was a bit weird when when they announced it but then when they played the national anthem you're like oh oh so it was all all a bit strange all a little bit strange well you i thought you handled it very well oh thank you Thank you. So tell us about the funeral, because what would we normally expect to see? He didn't want a state funeral anyway, did he? He was very anti-fuss, wasn't he? Yes, and in, and in many ways, I mean, as, as awful as it sounds to say this, but with the, the COVID restrictions, the fact that he's going to have a, a funeral that is limited to 30 people plus the um, the clergy actually is, is probably more in keeping than with what the Duke of Edinburgh would have wanted than he ever thought possible, because he really d- did want something very private, no fuss. But yes, he's he's not getting a, a state funeral. They are reserved for the sovereign. You can, I mean, Winston Churchill got one. Um, you can give them to, to others. But the, the Queen Mother uh, got an official funeral, as did uh, Baroness Thatcher, as she was at, at the time of her death. So yes, it's it's a, an official funeral, so it's it's fairly uh, formal. It's going to be more formal than your or my funeral, definitely more for, formal than Ben's. Um, but it's the the great thing is that it's going to be um, 
the 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 coffin is going to be carried on this modified Land Rover. I mean, I can't wait to see what that's going to look like because in my head, I mean, that's I, I can't I can't work out how modified it's going to be to carry a coffin. I mean, Land Rovers aren't that um, deep, but there we go. The the Duke of Edinburgh had his hand in it. He knows his his dimensions, so uh, I'm sure it'll work. So he wanted his coffin on a Land Rover. That's what he requested. Yes. Fair play. And he, he designed I me. Mean, obviously, he's a, a huge engineering champion. I mean, what it's just amazing every day that we're having a, a little bit more information come out about the Duke of Edinburgh and some great facts. I mean, James Dyson and um, Norman Foster, arguably two of the great British engineers of our generation, both sort of brought to prominence by the, the Prince Philip Engineering Award um, that, that he championed. So... Um, yes, he's he's had a go at uh, this modified Land Rover, which sounds um, wonderful. I've got loads of questions for you, because this is fascinating. Go on. First of all, tell us what National Morning is, so what is expected from us? Like, like the shops have all opened, and you're still going to get your hair cut and everything as planned, can't you? Yes, that that is fine. Now, I'll be honest, I think National Morning for when um, the Queen dies is going to be different, but for for the Duke of Edinburgh, in effect, what it is is that broadcasting is, is slightly toned down, uh, TV presenters will be wearing black or sombre dark colours. And flags, the, the big one is that any official flag, so the Union flag uh, or the flags of the nations, are flown at half-mast. Um, and any other flag, so let's say the Ministry of Defence flag or the um, LGBTQ plus flag or the Olympic flag, just three sort of flags as examples, they are not flown at all during during National Morning. Okay, um, we've heard from other members of the royal family at the time of recording. Will we hear or see the Queen? Do you think at any point will she say anything? That hasn't been confirmed, but I suspect if we do, it'll be the day before the funeral. Okay, and what happens to the title, the Duke of Edinburgh? Does he keep that in death? Well, uh, no. As of as of death, immediately it passes to his eldest son. That's what the, the sort of English law. Uh, common law has. Um, now, that is obviously the Prince of Wales. He is now not going to be styled Duke of Edinburgh. Um, but in 1999, if uh, this is key fact for royal geeks, when uh, Prince Edward, as he was, married Sophie Rhys-Jones, he was made Earl of Wessex, but it was announced that in later life he will become the Duke of Edinburgh and, and the Countess of Wessex, as she is now, will become the Duchess of Edinburgh. But that won't happen until after the Queen dies, and I can bore you with the technicalities if you desperately want, but I won't. Uh, but yes, he will later in life become the Duke of Edinburgh. Right, OK. And so I'm right in saying that um, when the Queen dies and Charles becomes king, is that straight away? Will he be officially announced as King Charles? Yes, because you know the saying that the king is dead, long live the king, um, as it were. That's, that's sort of how a, a monarchy works. It's the moment one monarch closes their eyes, the next monarch is immediately there. Oh, it is. It is fascinating. And um, did you ever meet the Duke of Edinburgh? What does he mean to you personally? I could ask you. I could. I could sit here all day and ask you about this because it is interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, yes. I. Um, so I can't go into too much detail. But in 2011, I was working somewhere and I was asked to assist. I got a phone call saying, "William, we've got this important lunch and visit happening. Um, could you come and help?" So I said, "Oh, yeah, fine, whatever." Uh, straight out of university grateful for the work and uh the next thing i know i said oh we've got they went we've got number one and number two coming i was i'm sorry and uh they what they meant is her majesty the queen and his royal highness the duke of edinburgh so um that that was on the that was the monday i was told and on the wednesday they arrived for for the visit and the lunch private lunch 
Uh, so we organised all of that. And whilst I was cl- I was um, sort of in effect during the lunch, took the role of under-butler, make your own jokes, and uh, I, I was clearing after the first course. And uh, I picked up the... Well, I was trying to pick up the Duke of Edinburgh's plate, but he and the lady he was sitting next to on his left were leaning in, having sort of a, a private conversation. And there wasn't really a, a gap for me to get my hand in. Anyway, and I looked across the table and the butler looked at me as if to say, get on with it, because we had been told we had 47 minutes for this three-course lunch. Now, that is not a lot of time. Um, so anyway, I sort of you know, start, <coughs> started to do sort of a few little coughs, clearing my throat. Still, they didn't move. I got another look from the butler. So I just sort of slid my hand in. And thankfully, the two of them parted, got the plate. But as I was bringing the plate back, the two of them uh, came together again. So I whipped the plate as quickly as I could, and as the sort of the plate was above the Duke of Edinburgh's head, the knife started to wobble, and I just had this vision that I was going to sort of lacerate the Duke of Edinburgh, oh, chop God. an ear off or something. Oh God! Um, anyway, thankfully, I managed to put my thumb over it at the time and sort of turn away. So I caught it, nothing dropped. But I looked across the other table, across the side of the table to see if the butler had seen. He had moved on. But of course, who was staring right back at me but Her Majesty the Queen, who I like to think, I think from what I can remember, gave me a slight sort of twinkle. And um, I walked off and then started to clear the next plate. So, yes, I'm sure if I had, I mean, she would have probably found it inside, would have found it quite funny because I always remember the, the great quote that Her Majesty supposedly said is every time she looks absolutely miserable it's normally because she's trying to hold back laughter so she sort of has to go the completely the other way to stop herself from laughing uh that's that's you never told me that first you basically over as a waiter i was the under butler thank you very much what i was the under butler he was a waiter oh yeah okay Fair enough. I I know from reading it as well, never knew, um, the Duke of Edinburgh got a mention in Dispatches. Yes. Now, do you want to tell us what what exactly mentioned in Dispatches means? I I can just imagine someone that's already had enough of hearing about this and now they're listening to the podcast. But I do find it interesting. I do find it all interesting. Well, you've got... You're a bit like the Duke of Edinburgh. Your eldest brother was mentioned in Dispatches. Yes. So my oldest brother, Ryan, got mentioned in Dispatches. Oh. Um, I don't know. Oh, God, it'll be over 10 years ago now, maybe. Maybe longer. Yeah, about 2010, he got a mention in Dispatches. But what is it again? Because it's like a he, the Duke of Edinburgh, got it in the Second World War, didn't he? Uh, yes, I think it was the Second World War for the Duke of Edinburgh. But it, it basically it's when a member of the armed forces, uh, when their name appears in an official report written by a superior officer and is sent to high command, which is in some way um, recognizing their gallant or meritorious action in the face of the enemy. Oh, okay. So when they have done something of particular note. Uh, so it's it's a great thing if to you know to be mentioned in dispatches is is a huge um, honour for anyone in the armed forces. So kudos to the Duke of Edinburgh and and your brother. Oh, there you are. Did you ever meet the Duke of Edinburgh, Jordan? Uh, no, I've never met the Duke of Edinburgh or the Queen. I can't say I have. No, my dad has. No, but you have met you've met Princess Margaret and Princess Anne. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, I forget one of them. You forget which. Yeah. Ben met the Duke of Edinburgh because Ben did the Duke of Edinburgh Awards game. Yes. And Ben indeed got the gold medal. Did you, Ben? Yes. What was this for? Tying knots? No, that would have been you. 
<laughs> in fact, hang on, all that all that stuff you did on the side of a cliff in Wales, did that not? Did you not get a Duke of Edinburgh? Yeah, that actually looked like I was on a Duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> yes, maybe you probably wouldn't. I don't know. The Duke of Edinburgh would have would have enjoyed you vomiting. Can you explain for our international listeners what the Duke of Edinburgh Award is? Because it's like it's really popular and it's it's been around for years, hasn't it? Yes, it's a great way to get. Um, younger people, teenage people, sort of outdoors, exploring, uh, incre- increasing fitness. Um, I obviously didn't do it because it involved outdoors and fitness. Um, I did community service, but, you know, equally rewarding. Oh, a lot of my lot of lads I went to school no, with No, 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 I didn't, no, 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 I didn't do community service like they did community service. Did you get, just... what did you get, is that for your first crime or your second? Because usually your first or second, depending on what it is, you get community service. No, sorry. It was in our school. It was called Clifton in the community. Oh, so it wasn't. It wasn't community service. Like if you, like I don't know, robbed a pair of trainers and got caught. I, I didn't steal some brie from the deli counter and waitrose or anything like that. Yeah, a couple of lads I went to school with did community. Service. I didn't know you could get a Duke of Edinburgh for that. No, you can't. No, no, no. We're confusing the two. Right. If anyone from the palace is listening. I'm sorry. We're confusing the two. Duke of Edinburgh award scheme, you can get bronze, silver or gold, is you do a hike. Ben Ben met him, Ben met the Duke of Edinburgh, and told him he played the saxophone. Did you so, play the saxophone, Ben? Yes, Ben went to St James's Palace to do this. What? How did the Duke of Edinburgh react when you told him that fascinating fact that you played the saxophone? Hi, Your Royal Highness. Thanks for the award. Oh, you can play the saxophone. Oh, apparently he asked Ben if he played any musical instruments. Saxophone, saxophone, <laughs> saxophone. And then when you then said, I play the saxophone, how did he respond? Or did he just walk away? He just walked away. <laughs> even, even Prince Philip was bored of Ben. <laughs> so yes, no, good. Well, we should, by the way, we should talk about me doing um, Clifton in the community another time. Should we? You'll, you'll love what I had to do, but we would we'll save that for another episode. So can can we just clarify? You didn't do community service for robbing trainers and or otherwise. I did no community service. I have never done community service. I have no intention of doing community service. Um, thank you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just, it, community service. It's not all bad. Bad. Like you can get. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Like I think if you don't pay a parking fine, you get community service, don't you? Possibly. Always. Always stick to the law. Anyway, yeah, good, good. Shall we move on? Yes. Um, in other news, I've got something to tell you. Okay. I didn't tell you this over the weekend, but um, it was an eventful couple of days. But on Saturday, I have had the COVID vaccine. Have you? Yes. How's that happened? Are you asthmatic? Am I? Am I what? Asthmatic. My brother. My. Friend, my best friend's got asthma, and he's asthma. Sorry, and he's um, he's had it. Have you got- no, I'm I'm not asthmatic. Um, but basically, in the area of London where I live, they're just really ahead, and and we got this phone call saying if we wanted to come, if we wanted to, um, anyone above the age that I am, thirty, uh, can. Well, I'm thirty-one. Can come to the uh, can come to the vaccination centre where I live, and um, yes, so that happened. Oh, so not for the first time you had a little prick this weekend. I received a, a little prick from Oxford, and 
nothing I'm not used to. And uh, yes, and uh, and there we go. So I'm I'm delighted that I have. Uh, and, and it was very easy. It was very pain free at the time. In fact, I didn't even know she was about to do it. I thought she was doing something else. It snuck up on me. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm thrilled really because I thought it was going to be a, a couple more weeks before I received it. Any side effects? Um, look, I'm very pro-vaccine, uh, and I, in the interest of honesty, yes, I had a huge reaction to it. And uh, oh my god, do you fancy women? <laughs> is that what it is? Are you now in a heterosexual relationship? <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't have any awful side effects like those. Ooh, the very thought, um, but sorry, women, um, but <laughs> sorry, women. <laughs> Um, yeah, so basically I was fine. I had it, I had it at 9am. I was absolutely fine until about 8.30 at night and I started shivering on the sofa and I said to Mikey, and I knew, I knew that would sort of happen because a friend of mine had had it and said that you, you might start to shiver and put a blanket on the bed, etc. So I went to bed, Mikey put some blankets over the, over the bed and I kept sure my heart was boom, 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 boom. My heart rate was quite fast. Um, anyway, I sort of managed to drift in and out of sleep. And then at midnight, I went to, to the bathroom and um, I said to Mikey, I said, Mikey, I think I'm going to vomit. Um, anyway, the next thing I know, I'm lying on the bathroom floor. I'd fainted. <gasps> um, yes, apparently I nearly hit my head on the corner of the, no. of the tiles. Which Why are you saying this? This'll, this could be putting people off. Well, look, yeah, it, it was an awful 24 hours. Uh, well, actually, it was only really that bit at night. And I'm quite prone to fainting anyway. Um, you only have to, you know, Jordan only has to tell a bad joke of the week and I'm on the floor. Can I just say as well, can I just come, in, come here? This guy is the biggest drama queen and hypochondriac I have ever known. So I reckon it was possibly mind over matter. I, I woke up the next day whilst I felt, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I could run a marathon or anything. I rarely do. But I felt, I felt just a bit drained. I was sitting on the sofa, I was absolutely fine. And within 24 hours, absolutely back to normal. Paracetamol helped. Um, and look, it's it, everyone gets symptoms in, in different um, levels. And thankfully, I'm fine. But to be honest, if it's a question of having the vaccine and having a really grim 24 hours and then being able to you know, see my parents, give them a hug, get back to normal, of course, I'm going to choose yeah. the vaccine. And apparently, the second dose is um, you basically get nothing. So other than maybe a dead arm. Okay. Bet, bet Mikey did take some photos. Oh, did he? Um, oh, God, I, I can imagine my... Oh, no, my little flower pot. He's on fluor. Send help. He's had his vaccine. Don't die on me, William. Don't die on me, please. Ooh. can imagine he was in a right state. Um, ben has sent you a photograph that Mikey sent to Ben because I was meant to see Ben over the weekend and finally meet Diego. Um, but every time Ben and I have put a plan in, um, something happens. We go into lockdown. Um, I throw up. On oh the my floor, god! So I, I just don't want to see Ben. I don't want to. You're see so ben. dramatic. Oh god! Also, why are we seeing Ben without me? Am I allowed to come and see Diego? Uh, rule of rule of six. Oh. Or two households. Okay. okay. He'll never question it. You ready for our wacky word of the week, please? I am. The word of the week this week is nudist attertion. Nudist attertion. Nudist attertion. No, not nudist. Nudist attertion. Nudist attertion. Yes. 
we'll find out after the break what new dissertation means. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, thanks for sticking with us, G and Divas. Just to remind you again to subscribe and set a reminder for our 100th episode, we are going to be doing a special live stream on YouTube. That's youtube.com forward slash sex with my boss, Sunday the 25th of April. William, what is your wacky word of the week this week, please? Well, the word was nudist detertion, and it refers to the day before yesterday. Nudist detertion? Yes. The day before yesterday. Are you sure you've said that right this week or completely made it up? I've probably got it wrong, let's be honest. Um, but hopefully people will be nice because okay. we're a national morning. Right, okay. And uh, why would you say that when you could just say the day before yesterday? Well, because that's numerous words. New dissertation, one word. Simple. Go to the first question. Go on. All right. The first problem comes in from Carla. Hello, William, Jordan and Ben. I have an etiquette question for William and would love to hear Jordan's opinion as well. When a friend randomly buys you something that isn't a gift and you want them to pay them back for it, how many times do you insist you pay them? Also, if you buy something for someone and you genuinely don't want them to pay you back, but they keep insisting, do you give in and take their money or just stand your ground and refuse? I've been on both sides of this dilemma and I never know how to handle it. It's hard to judge whether someone is just being polite and telling you they don't want to be paid back or if they generally don't want your money. Thanks in advance. I love the podcast. Keep up the good work. That was from Carla. Carla, great question. I, I think you just accept it as a gift, can't you? I'm always like this. I, 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 like, I'm always like, let me give you money for that. It's like, Joe, don't be daft at retainer. I'm like, let me give you money for that. So I think if after two or three times you've asked them, then I'd say three times. If they say, honestly, then it's fine. I'm one of them. If, if someone says something, I'm like, oh, you're quite good for this as well. You're just like, get it next time or yeah, pay me back when we next go for lunch or something like that. That's how we do it, don't we? 
yeah, I'll take you for lunch, I'll pay this time, you pay next time, rather than that splitting splitting the bill. I mean, I, I'll take you to the Ritz, you take me to McDonald's, it's a bit unfair. That's obviously not good etiquette. No, I tell you when I picked up the bloody bill. Last time we went for lunch, I think we went to Pret and got a sandwich. And then pre this, we went to bloody, oh, what's it called? Ralph's in Ralph Lauren. It's closed now. 20 quid for a cop salad. Has it closed? Yeah. It was nice. Twenty cops. twenty pounds wasn't enough. I know it was nice. It's nice, that best cop salad I've ever had. So, what's your advice here? Mine, yeah, twice. I think twice is fine. If if you know, if Jordan bought me something. I think Jordan, please let me give you some money for that, or let me pay for that. If he says no, then I will ask again, either immediately after or by text, maybe that evening. If after that they've said no, no, it's fine. You've asked. Yeah. Um, ditto if if someone has paid paid you. I, I'm actually quite. There sometimes friends will do something for me, and, and it's agreed that I will pay. And I'll say thanks so much indeed. Send me your bank details so I can send you the money. And I'll ask that twice. And if they haven't then give got back to me, if they've been disorganised or they haven't seen the message or they've forgotten to give me the bank details, I can only ask twice. So at that point, I'm like, well, balls in your court here. I have asked twice, and I don't want to pester them. Um, so yes, I would say twice, uh, either option, twice is, is fine. What if someone owes you money? How do you ask them? Um, send your bank details. No, so say I forgot, to, I owed you 30 quid and forgot to give it yet. And it's like two or three times now. What do you say? But when, okay, I think there's a statute, statute of limitations here. Like how, you know, if, if there's a, if you owe me money from six months ago, too late. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm I I'm pretty good good for that. Excuse me. You're getting emotional. Excuse. I no, just burped. I hate the thought of owing people money, so I always pay pe always pay people back. Always. Yeah. But what do you do if someone owes you money? Like I I've got a list in my phone of I would never lend people money over fifty pounds. Would you I would not? never I a good policy in life is never lend anyone any money that you are not prepared to never see again. Okay, next question please. This one is from Owen Daniel. Hi William and Jordan and producer Bob. It's obviously an avid listener. I'm moving to London in September to oh, God study to study songwriting and performance at a contemporary music college in Fulham. <laughs> Fulham, home of contemporary music. I'm very, very excited to move to London. To be honest, I'm just counting down the days until I can leave Belfast. So I wanted to ask, do you have any advice for someone looking to move to London? Any do's and don'ts or pro tips? Love the podcast. Thanks, Owen Daniel. Owen, go for it. Take it as it comes. Embrace it. Go out. You sound young if you're going to uni. Go out, try all the different bars and all different places. Don't forget as well, you don't have to spend a fortune to have a good time. There's loads of parks and museums and things you can do in London. But my main thing I will say is don't forget your roots. Do not forget your roots. Yeah, I mean, have fun. Life is more more uh, expensive in London, let's be honest. But uh, go for quality, not quantity. Uh, save up. Um, don't don't get too carried away too quickly. You know, you, yes. you don't want to 
to be rack up a lot of debt. So, you know, stagger it. London's not going in like every city. London's not going anywhere. It's you, you could you might move here. You might love it so much that you stay in London so you can explore things after you finish studying contemporary music in Fulham. So um, I think I think just enjoy it. Take every day as it comes. Don't be pressured into doing things, especially if they're going to cost you money. Just to pick up from what I said as well, embrace it and what have you. Uh, embrace the fact that London will change you for a slightly better, but don't let it change you completely. Like I said, remember your roots. Um, you'll love it. Oh, oh my God, you, you you sound young. You're coming to London for uni. You're going to absolutely have a ball. You'll love it. And I'll say this, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Genuinely don't think there's anywhere better to be in the summer than the, the city of London. Is there? Apart from going on holiday, but think about it: the summer in London is just, oh, it's ace! It's so good, so many yeah. good pub, pubs and parks, and oh, yeah. The first time I moved to London was the summer of two thousand eighteen. It was the heat wave. We'll tell our grandkids about this. England got to the semi-finals. I was pissed. I can't remember much of it. I was pissed every week. Just moved to London. Was out getting drunk watching England play. Yeah. Loved it. You've got all that to look forward to, Owen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, next question, please. This is from Martika. In Martika? Essex, but she's name? from Somerset. Maybe Martika? I don't know. Um, Martika. Martika. Dear William Jordan and producer Ben, I have a slight dilemma. My partner has been invited to a wedding later this year and hasn't been allowed a plus one. Now, this wouldn't usually bother me as I get to have a day and evening to myself. However, the date is my birthday. We've been together for 18 months and my first birthday together was in lockdown. He asked me what I wanted him to do and said he doesn't have to go, but can I really ask him not to go to a close friend's wedding or do I just suck it up and hope we have more birthdays to come? Furthermore, I'm currently living in Essex and my family are from Somerset, so I wanted to make a point that I wouldn't always be able to make it home for such occasions. Love the podcast, Martika in Essex from Somerset. Oh, this is such a modern day problem and it's so hard to judge this one I mean part of me is like if they're not a close friend or family and his plus one hasn't been invited then he should say I'm sorry this is um Martika's birthday I can't make it and they'd understand however if it's a really close friend and family and because of Covid or whatever reasons they've got a limited number of guests and you're not invited and they may not have had a chance to meet her yeah and then I'd be like go there's plenty more other birthdays um so what are you i'm 50 50 on this i am okay so this is i think the, the clues in what what martika has written um they've been together for 18 months yes first first birthday was in lockdown i know that's that's that was pretty grim for for everybody that's that had a lockdown birthday or even two lockdown birthdays now you're saying should should he should they just suck it up and hope they have many more birthdays to come well look you are the judge of your own relationship. You hopefully by now n- n- have a feeling whether you think this is this is good. We're going to we're going to have a few more years together, if not lots and lots of years together. If you think you do, suck it up. Let him go off to the let him go off to the um, the wedding. You don't want to be the sort of uh, girlfriend or boyfriend who's going to sort of be a be a fun sponge and not let them do anything. And also, as a couple, it's very important that you lead your own lives in in certain areas, and you're not sort of coming together all the time as as a sort of a pair. 
If, however, you get the feeling that things maybe aren't going brilliantly well and you won't have any more birthdays together, what well, does it matter? Let him go anyway. So the answer for me is let him go. Yeah, if it was me personally, I'd let him go because it's just I'm not that fussed about birthdays. It's just yeah. So that's my advice. Yeah. Our advice. Um, thank you, William. Remember, if you want to help with something, then you can tweet us at sextedmyboss. You can send yourselves with trepidation to help at sextedmyboss.com. Or you can write to William, who promises a handwritten reply and his own letter of paper. The address is on the website, sextedmyboss.com. Hey, uh, really nice talking to you at the start about all the Duke of Edinburgh stuff. Really interesting. Thank you. You know you know what's that? You know your boss saying. You know your... Onions. You know your onions, don't you? I do. Welcome to my onions anytime. Thanks very much for listening, Gene Divas. We'll catch you on Friday for our bonus episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.